welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Bolanli Williams Ali is the CFO and co-owner at Mancini Duffy, a national design firm with a 100-plus-year-old history and tech-forward approach based in New York City, where she oversees the firm's financial and operational performance. She has over 15 years of experience working in the AEC industry with a strong background in financial analysis and strategic initiatives. At her core, she thrives on building relationships between finance and management teams to ensure the overall financial success of projects and her firm. Her clients include American Airlines, Soho House, Brooklyn Nets, Bulgaria, Verizon, and NBC Sports Group. She is a dynamic leader within the AAC industry who has been a guest panelist for the American Institute of Architects Women's Leadership Summit, National Organization of Minority Architects 47th Conference, and Mother Honestly Summit. Bolandli is passionate about service and is the founder of several impact organizations. She builds Waves, a collective of women who make waves in the built industry by engaging each other and striving for more together. She builds Lives, a nonprofit focused on addressing the needs of children and improving the quality of education in low income schools and communities in Nigeria. Reach Nigeria a connector hub that creates awareness about NGOs and volunteer opportunities across Nigeria, and She Builds Money, a company to help small design firms with financial solutions to empower these firms to be successful and thrive financially. Before her current position at Mancini, she served five years as senior project accountant at Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill, and five years as project accountant at HLW. She holds a Master's in Education and Social Policy from NYU, Master's in Applied at Mathematics, and a Bachelor's in Mathematics from the City University of New York, Hunter College. Bolanley is a board member of the Beverly Willis Architecture Foundation. She is also the author of the best-selling book, Build Boldly, Chart Your Unique Career Path and Lead with Courage. She is married with two kids and obsessed with throwing fun theme parties. Hi, Bolanley. Welcome to Revolutionary Women. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Okay, so let's get started. Um, so you grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, as an only child and raised by your mom. What was it like for you growing up in Lagos? Oh, it was amazing. Um, my mom uh, is from a really large family. <sighs> she has 44 siblings. No way. across the world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just on... Um, on, on your mom's side, side. So you can Im- on her dad yeah my mom's father had 45 kids oh my gosh <laughs> so i'm sure you weren't expecting well that. no no but i mean I, i'm sure your get-togethers must be lively yeah. and oh my yeah. goodness that's so cool yeah yeah really cool um so outside you know so family was huge for mm. us right um uh-huh. family gatherings was huge right. um my mom herself you know had for, uh, would I say, siblings from the same mom, same dad. So her father had um, uh, numerous wives. Mm, okay. okay. <laughs> um, anyways, but saying that to say, you know, outside of the extended large family, mm-hmm. um, there was always time with her immediate sister, with my cousins. Again, only child, but right. because I, I had so many cousins, I didn't necessarily feel alone. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah. And so um, it was, you know, lots of time with family, lots of time with friends, mm. um, just uh, enjoying culture, of course, mm-hmm. you know, elementary school, high school, my mom did her best to mm. make sure that I went to the best schools. Right. And so from an experience uh, perspective, yeah. um, it, it was pretty broad for me. Wow. Um, she, she really did her best to make sure that I got the best education ever. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's really awesome. So yeah, I mean, so you mentioned you're an only child. Did you ever feel like you missed having siblings or because of having so much extended family, it didn't cross your mind? Um, no. So you know what? Interestingly, as an adult, mm. I think is when, <laughs> mm. as an adult is when you kind of, you know, um, you miss, Maybe, you know, having your own uh, uh, sister or brother. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I've been blessed to have um, sisters by choice, mm. brothers by choice, right? Okay. So 
chosen yeah. family. Right. And so that void, uh, you know, that can come from not having your own siblings is filled by that. So, right. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, from time to time, you, you wish you had yours, <laughs> but um, it doesn't last too long. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yes, because I have an only child. Um, at my, so, you know, and I mean, we tried to have another one and decided that it wasn't going to, for health reasons, um, it wouldn't be possible. But, you know, over the years, as, you know, as we grow older, I'm like, I wish that I had. Yeah. But, you know, she says she doesn't, you know, she has a lot of cousins and, you know, I mean, we have a lot of extended family. So she never felt, um, that she was losing out. So she didn't, I guess, she did tell me, like, you know, when she was younger, she kind of thought she wanted one. But over the years, she was like, no, I have enough cousins. I have enough friends. I'm good. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's, that's good to know. Okay, so you, yeah. moved, so you moved to the States at the age of 17 for college. What was that transition like for you at 17? I mean, did you have family living here already that made the move easy? Yes. Okay. So um, I had a, a cousin who lived here. Mm. And one of the things that my mom did before I moved was, you know, have me and her travel to New York oh, cool. uh, to come visit in like, you know, during summer break right. in high school uh-huh. a couple of times, you know, just to <clears throat> one, familiarize myself with the space. I think right. for the longest, again, because she prioritized education, mm-hmm. um, wanting the best uh college education for me was top priority to her so she Mm. went to school actually in New Jersey she went to Rutgers and so I think she always just figured that if it was within her power that I would be able to come here Ah, and so her elder brother's son lived in New York my cousin oh cool and um he opened his home to me Uh right when I moved here and Uh so while yes of course you know I've lived with my mom all this while and Mm -hmm. I was used to being in Nigeria Mm -hmm. the transition wasn't as jarring Um, and I saw it more as an opportunity to expand you know my world I was always very curious Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so you know, being in New York, big city, mm. um, it, it was exciting. It right. was scary, but it was exciting, yeah. more so exciting. And I just leaned fully into the exciting part of the move. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I read that in college, you saw a job posting for a junior project accountant at an, acrota- at an architectural firm because you had taken a technical drawing class in high school and loved it. So were you drawn to the architecture side or the accounting side of it? None. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I was drawn to none, right? So, um, again, I studied mathematics. Oh, okay. And and I had done a master's in applied math, which meant that I could, you know, take my degree and apply to any field. Mm-hmm. Um, when I stumbled on that job, I was mm-hmm. an international student weeks away from graduation, mm. and I needed to find work anywhere. Uh, okay. <laughs> I needed to find work anywhere, right? Right. Because, you know, I didn't want, I wanted that opportunity of having work experience. Yes. Um, even if it was for one year, even if I had to move back home, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to experience working um, here mm-hmm. in the States. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like me finding that job posting was Mm. very serendipitous, right? Mm -hmm. What are the chances that I would stumble upon this uh, junior project accountant work? Mm -hmm. I still remember the feelings uh, till today. I can even still see myself Mm. (laughs) sitting in the computer lab when this job posting came up. Oh, wow. And, And the memory of taking that technical drawing class, of which I only took it one term, uh-huh. Okay, um, was the connection. Ah. It literally was the connection. And I said, you know what? Ah, I remember like, you know, drawing homes. I had no artistic mm-hmm. <laughs> bone in my, ba- in my body, even mm-hmm. though I'm from a family of artists. Mm-hmm. But that, that was what prompted me to take a shot. Wow. Um, I didn't want to do accounting right. because my mother was an accountant by right. training and I wanted to do something different than her. Got it. But, um, you know, 
time constraints on trying to secure a job Mm -hmm. made me say okay you know what just apply yeah and here I am now 15 plus years that's amazing okay so you were accepted into that firm and what I thought was interesting was that while the interviewer also had studied math in college he was more interested in the value you could bring from your studies so what do you think made you stand out from the rest of the applicants yeah I (laughs) think I made a decision. Mm. I made a decision before I went to that interview that I was, you know, going to be myself in that interview. Okay. I had done several other interviews beforehand, right. but felt um, very unprepared or like when I went into that, when I went into those interviews, well, not, not, not the word unprepared, mm. like I had to present um, as a particular type of candidate, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. confident in in myself because right. I wasn't too familiar with the material. Yeah, not knowing that that was just pressure an entry level candidate was putting on, you know, mm-hmm. on themselves. Mm-hmm. I went in there thinking that they needed this person to already know everything. Ah. But but when I went in for this interview, I made a decision yeah. to speak about what I knew. Mm-hmm. what I was working on then as a college student, you know, the, my master's thesis, right. Right. Um, what characteristics could I show that would allow them, you know, take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a revelation I had many years mm-hmm. on and then reflecting back to that experience was that, you know, I was hired for character because mm. skill can be developed. Right. Yeah. Right. If mm-hmm. you're smart, if you're, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. a great candidate, Mm-hmm. And someone is willing to invest in you, you can learn the skill. Mm. But there are certain characteristics, right? Yeah. Are you curious? Are you, you know, are you excited about opportunity? Are you mm-hmm. looking out for opportunities? Mm-hmm. Um, I, do you have a growth mindset? You know, mm-hmm. I think all of those things kind of shown through mm-hmm. um, during that interview. And so that is what sort of allowed him um oh, connect yeah. with me it also it also helped that you know we both studied math and right. that kind of yeah for me I felt like I actually saw somebody mm-hmm. in corporate that mm-hmm. did the same thing I did Got it was it. it was like an example for me huh. you understand what I mean yeah. so um I was like well if he can if he has made his way with this math degree that means there's a, there's a shot for me yeah right wow okay so So in 2008, during the financial crisis, a lot of people were let go from the firm you worked at, but not you. So you decided to ask the CFO to teach you about accounting as well as the other jobs that had been vacated. And by the end of 2008, you were supporting 16 projects, doing the billing for New York and L.A. offices, and all of the month-end accounting. Now, that's a lot. (laughs) So was that chaotic, or did that change how you viewed the role you were in? So, so, so I wouldn't say it was chaotic, but mm. I would say um, maybe, maybe a, a little naive for me, but excited about mm. the opportunity. Right, mm. I had seen um, two other colleagues, unfortunately, who lost their jobs. Then, mm. you know, they they kind of supported and did the work, and for me, it was an opportunity. Ah, right, I had right. decided to make the architecture. Um, industry a home Mm -hmm. I decided to build my career in there Mm -hmm. and so while you know I had to put in the hours and I had to do the work right it was it was an opportunity for me to soak up so much knowledge Mm -hmm. about this industry that I had decided to Mm -hmm. um, build a career in Mm -hmm. and so I you know, I, I always say that everyone has different seasons mm, mm-hmm. in their lives, right? right. And so yeah. for me, that season was a season of learning, ah. right? You're an entry level, you're yeah. one year into your career, right? It's time for you to learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. time for you to learn and develop. And so that's, that's how I viewed um, that period then. Okay. Yeah, it was wow. a lot of hours, but you do what you have yeah. Okay, so you are the CFO and co-owner of Mancini Duffy. What is Mancini Duffy about and what does your role entail? For sure. Um, so Mancini, first of all, is a hundred plus year old um, architecture and interior design firm. So mm-hmm. that, that to me is already mind blowing, right? Mm-hmm. When I when I joined, I said this firm has existed way <laughs> way before me. Many, yeah. Many, many years right. before me. And um what we do is architecture interior design across um various different industries, right? So mm-hmm. we 
do work in corporate interiors. We do work in aviation. We do mm. work in hospitality, um, restaurants, you name it. We, we, we do it, right? <laughs> we do work in self-storage. And that's a vast, um, what I say, difference from maybe Mancini uh, uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. right? Mancini then only used to do corporate interiors. Oh, okay. But when our current president, uh, Christian Giordano took over the company. Mm -hmm. um, he wanted to diversify. Mm -hmm. Diversification actually helps you weather all sorts of um, economic terms, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you only focus on um, one industry, so for example, in 2008, we did corporate interiors specifically for financial mm -hmm. services. So you could imagine um, how 2007 2008 financial crisis went for our company yeah um however we prevailed right mm -hmm. and so so now we are we are, we are continuously looking to diversify the markets we serve it also gives our employees an option mm -hmm. to get experiences in all different things so for example one of huh. our new markets uh -huh. is healthcare oh, right wow. we have employees who are interested in healthcare uh -huh. um healthcare projects life sciences projects and so they get to they get to have you know, this vast, um, vast, uh, would I say, vast way, vast way of building not only across different types of projects, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always exciting. If you want to try something else, mm -hmm. uh, let's say you've been doing in, uh, hospitality, but you wanted to try healthcare, like mm -hmm. you can easily shift and do that. That's amazing. Um, but the other thing, yeah, yeah. But the other thing that we've done in the last uh, five years, uh -huh. actually more than five years now, is to really think about how we're leveraging technology mm. to help um, help how we design, right. help our help improve and innovate our design process. Okay. And so what we've done is um, come up with we have patent pending software mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. um, that wow. has helped um, that has really changed and revolutionized the way we deliver projects to our clients from mm -hmm. start to finish. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, We've connected uh, virtual reality to the architect software. Um, and when our clients come in, even before um, before design is fully developed, when mm -hmm. they're just trying to figure out what this project will look like, right. we put our clients very early on into their space. They're able to walk and see and feel their space. Huh. And when they come out of there, yeah. what will usually in the past have taken us three weeks, we're able to do this in three hours. Wow. That's amazing. We still need the three weeks. Right. Yeah, we still need the three weeks, but that is more so to fine tune, right? We're right. helping our clients make decisions faster, uh -huh. and also there's a financial perspective to it, where a lot of the, a lot of our projects, right? You can design it in the software, but you might not notice things until they start being built. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that you need mm -hmm. to move move a bar height or right. move a door, a placement of something, mm -hmm. but this software that we have allows us catch a lot of these things very early on. Oh, so it's been very huh. exciting to be a part of it. So outside of the VR, we have, we do things with 3d printing. Wow. Um, we have a whole design lab. And so I bet you I walk in there tomorrow uh -huh. and things have changed already because, uh -huh. you know, it's constantly being worked on. Wow. So it's, it's, it's really been exciting. Now, in terms to the second part of your question, my role, mm -hmm. right? So I'm the chief financial officer and um, at base, mm -hmm. my role is to ensure that our firm is financially successful, right? right. So mm -hmm. our projects are financially successful. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, everybody um, from a financial perspective is successful, right? Mm -hmm. So the entire mm -hmm. operations um, of the firm is doing what it needs to do. Um, okay. But I'm also in charge, you know, the, the CFO role is constantly always evolving, especially mm -hmm. in the last three years, I would say, mm -hmm. um, you know, HR, uh, legal, there are lots of other, other um, departments that are now under the purview of the CFO, right? Mm -hmm. So we are, from a data perspective, almost like the <laughs> eyes mm -hmm. and ears and the pulse mm -hmm. of the company, we're able to catch, mm -hmm. um, you know, my department, I would say, is able to catch um, uh, things that or, or challenges that could come up on a project very early on mm -hmm. because we're paying attention to the numbers. Numbers do not lie. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And so, um, yeah, so, you know, overseeing all of these things for our firm yeah. has been um, a wild ride, especially <laughs> the last three years from COVID, right? That's so amazing. I say all of us are are leading our company through a time and something that we've never experienced. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, I'm grateful that we are still charging on and we're seeing growth. That's amazing. Uh, coming on. That's really amazing. And, and. So you wrote a book, Build Boldly. I read your book. Yes. And and after each chapter, you have a section titled Being Bold, and it lists four principles that defines how one can be bold, which is be yourself, open your mind to new definitions and opportunities, lift others, don't wait, do it now. Have you always followed these principles in your life and career? Yeah. So... Mm. Um, knowingly and unknowingly, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that the 21-year-old who Mm -hmm. just started her career Mm -hmm. was like, oh my gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to to live by these principles. Mm -hmm. But when I wrote the book, I started reflecting on like very key um, growth um, moments that Mm -hmm. happened during my career, Mm -hmm. right? Key Mm -hmm. inflection points in my career, and the theme and the word that kept coming up was the word bold, right? Mm. Like that was a really bold move mm-hmm. I made, mm-hmm. right? We go back to that example of me deciding to go into that very first interview as myself right. and talk about, you know, my degree and all yeah. of that, that really didn't have much to do with accounting. Mm-hmm. That was a bold move that I made. Right. Um, yeah. We go to the next, another example of, um, you know, me uh, moving over to Mancini and how I entered into that interview, mm-hmm. laying everything out. So I said, listen, the work is there, but what is your policy on family? I have two children that uh, are like three and one. Uh-huh. You know, are you going to be flexible towards me as a working mother? I have, right. I'm currently in school getting another master's in education and social policy. I have all these other interests mm-hmm. to do our values align in, in essence? Mm-hmm. That was a bold move, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, I like, I like acronyms, right? So I started thinking, well, what does it, what does it mean for me personally to be bold? Right. And I realized, you know, the B, like, like you'd said was, um, you know, be yourself. And right. I was like, in those moments where, you know, I was building great relationships, the reason why, um, you know, maybe people were attracted to me and, and I drew to them mm-hmm. because I was myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My true authentic self, myself with integrity. Right. Um, I was really curious about getting to know people, mm-hmm. um, you know, just outside of work and how I could support them better. And right. I think that that uh, really, really um, became a unique selling point for me. Okay. This job at Mancini came my way because mm-hmm. I worked with Christian in my very first job, but not directly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I made an impression. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's amazing. And it's funny as you're talking about, you know, like putting yourself out there and, and and letting them know that this is, you know, do our values align. And I don't know too many people who would actually do that at their interview. And, and I thought that was really interesting because how would you know if you don't tell them like what you need, right? How would you know whether yeah. this is something that you, would be good for you and, and for them, right? So yeah. I, I love that because, okay, so in your book too, um, I read that you value being relatable and creating relationships highly, whether it's personal or professional. Um, why do you think being relatable is important? Ah, because I think there, there are lots of us who are, are walking out there um, in, in professional settings, in personal settings, mm-hmm. um, that look unattainable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every single one of us is just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I <laughs> For think, sure. For sure. You know, and I think if there was another, um, you know, young 21 year old who's mm-hmm. just about to graduate right. um, from college who is thinking, like, how am I going to take on this? big bold world yeah if they if they happen to see a leader like me who is sharing you know my story Mm -hmm. sharing how i came up here Mm -hmm. it makes their dreams attainable got it 
Yeah. It makes your dreams attainable or also makes you feel like, you know, if you have shortcomings mm-hmm. um, that you need to work on, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. completely okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think um, if you have a big vision, mm-hmm. one for your company, mm-hmm. you will find that um, people will go walk along with your decision or work towards that. Um, sorry, your vision. Mm-hmm. People will walk towards that vision if they can relate with you. Right. It's much easier yeah. <laughs> yeah. to get buy in if right. you're relatable than this perfect yeah. Uh infallible leader. Right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, so I think the relatability then helps foster relationships, mm. right? Because it then allows just people find a way to connect with you. Do you connect with every single person? Right. Probably not. You know, yeah. we're not slices of bread yeah. that everyone loves. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. but but at least you would find the folks who, you know would want to, to, to build a great relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And then of course, a mutually, a, a relationship that's mutual, meaning you're supporting each other as mm-hmm. you're, you're moving up in your career mm-hmm. or someone who can decide to be a champion for you. Right. Right. If yeah. you're early on in your career, mid career, and you need some advice in terms of making next steps, it's right. building that, um, uh, a, a bit more deeper connection. People crave that. Mm. I I yeah. know pe- I know people like to say, oh no, let's keep it separate. But no, at base we're all human and yeah. we crave some type of connection. Oh yeah, for, for sure. So okay, also in chapter three of your book, you had a section titled "Be Memorable," and these sentences stood out to me. The power of strong relationships will never disappoint. It's always worth getting to know people and treating them in a way that will make them remember you. If you can't be visible, you can at least be memorable. Make yourself memorable. So why is it important to be memorable? And does that tie into creating and maintaining relationships with people for you? Yeah, so so for me, you know, when I think about, you know, being memorable, and I said that, you know, if you can't be visible, meaning like, let's say you're not a leader mm-hmm. who is out there or this extroverted person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you're memorable, you know, some way, somehow, you always mm. <laughs> come back up in people's minds when mm-hmm. opportunity arises. Yeah, right. Sure. So this is speaking to, to a very specific person or reader in, in sense that, you know, mm-hmm. you've made a decision that you no longer want to be a passenger in this career right. path and journey that you're on. Right. And so if you're now want to take the driver's seat, mm-hmm. your next level is going to come with you being um, memorable, mm. right? Yeah. Somebody is going to remember you. Somebody remembered me 10 mm. years after. Wow. For a leadership role, Uh but I started, the experience with me was when I started out my career. How Mm. did I know I would be ready for leadership? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, but there was clearly, again, character, characteristics that I displayed then that they most likely said over the years, this this girl's character must have Mm. evolved for the good or or I want to just have a conversation with her because Mm -hmm. I think... I remember her mm. and I think her character might still, you know, if it's not at base to say it must have gotten better over mm-hmm. the next, over the last 10 years. I love that. And so that's why I think being memorable uh-huh. and visible is important right. um, depending on what stage uh, of your career you're in. Right. Huh. I love that. And, you know, it's so funny um, when we were talking about being bold, why do you think that it's hard for people to be bold? You know, it's it's one thing to say, okay, I want to do this, but then how do you go about it? You know, and, and so people, I think, not all, but some um, would rather just say, okay, I'm applying, I'm I'm okay. If they don't, you know, it. I don't know if too many people would really put themselves out there like you did. Um, and why do you think that it's hard for them? For it's hard for some people to be that, to be bold? For sure. I think it's hard because of um, environment, mm, you know, okay. because of past experience. Right. Um, okay. And sometimes I, you know, I take it back to like, let, let's go back to like elementary school mm-hmm. where we had no fear. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe you were in class 
and then you raised your hand right. to answer a question you didn't answer uh, correctly. Yeah. And you felt, you know, maybe shame mm -hmm. or like you weren't, you know, encouraged that. Okay, even though you didn't give the right answer, it's still okay. Right. Right. So I feel like over the years, different experiences that um, all of us have mm -hmm. been through, mm -hmm. um, either shelter or cover, you know, ah. that, 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 um, gusto uh -huh. <laughs> i'm trying uh -huh. to find a good word yeah. you understand what i mean yes that that word that doesn't allow us to be afraid mm -hmm. it's, it's it's you know or like get past the fear right what would what would people say what is happening in the the, the organization's culture that would allow me show up as this bold self mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um would i be looked at as one that's being too forward right so mm -hmm. i would say organizational culture Right. That doesn't um, uh, foster, you know, uniqueness mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. foster or, or allows people really be who they are. Right. Is why people are like, listen, I don't even want to be bothered with that. Like, mm. let me just. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me just go in, do my work and go back. Right. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I challenge a lot of leaders to really think about what sort of environment are you um uh, do, what sort of environments have you laid out for the people within your team? Mm -hmm. Is there one of trust? Is there one of judgment? Mm -hmm. Is there one where you welcome, uh, mm -hmm. you know, your team, mm -hmm. teammates' ideas, their, right. you know, whatever it is that they want to come, come to you with? Are you a leader who listens? Right. Yeah. And, you know, so, so there's onus on us as leaders to create these environments that allow people speak mm -hmm. up or allow them to be bold. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, so that's the second part to, to your question. The first part, uh, you know, everyone has unique experiences. Mm -hmm. So who knows right. what you could have experienced in, in the past that doesn't allow you get past that. But I'm saying, why don't you take a baby step? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe you're not ready to go from zero to 100. In fact, I actually don't even encourage that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just it's just not our default. Right. right. Being bold is not your default. But yeah. it's a muscle that you can um, practice just yeah. like exercise. Right. Got it. So maybe you take a bold step with um, like pick something small. How do you go from zero to one? Mm -hmm. Pick something really small. Mm -hmm. So for me, the reason why. You know, if you read my book, it's like, oh, my God, this girl's like really bold <laughs> because I started practicing it from that very first um, decision I made in that interview as mm -hmm. a 21 year old. Right. Wow. Whether I made it consciously or not. Right. And yeah. then over the years, I've made a little bit more mm -hmm. and a little bit more and a little yeah. bit more. And so with each new level, it's not like fear totally goes away. But mm -hmm. I know that. If I look back, I have proof right. yeah. of where being bold um, propelled me. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So, so after becoming part owner of Mancini Duffy, you started a new organization, She Builds Lives. What is She Builds Lives about and what was the reason you created it? Yeah, so she built lives actually started before um, being uh, owner. Oh, at okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think you, you might be thinking about waves. I have so many. She oh, builds. yes, she builds <laughs> waves, right? She builds yeah, waves. Yeah, think about waves. But okay, I can talk about waves and lives really briefly. Um, she builds lives is my nonprofit uh, that focuses on improving the quality of education for mm. children living in low-income communities in Nigeria. Wow. So okay. um, if you remember earlier in our conversation, I said I went back to school to mm -hmm. get a second second master's in education and social policy. Yes. And that's because I've always been fascinated by, by education mm -hmm. and to how to make education more equitable. Mm -hmm. um, I know what education can do um, for for children in, in the communities in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Um and so I, I've always looked for ways in which I can give back to where mm. I came from. I know what education did for me. I mm -hmm. know what it afforded my mom and her siblings who who were able to, you know, come to America to study. And right. so it's like, okay, now that you know better, like, what can I do mm. um, to mm -hmm. help make, make it uh, easier for right. children in these communities? And so we have 
um, our nonprofit has one school in Lagos, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that we work with. Uh-huh. Uh, we have about 200 kids in an elementary school, completely oh, wow. free. That's and amazing. So we, yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, and so to be able to provide opportunity and access and resources to these children has mm-hmm. been ex- extremely life-changing and rewarding mm. uh, for me. We also have another project in another um, state called Abuja. And that is a uh, learning center that we recently built, again, partnering with another local nonprofit, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, to to provide school year round. Wow. And so we've just literally done it <laughs> oh my one gosh. project at a time. It started off with me crocheting and uh-huh. then now it has now moved to, um, you know, supporting these projects with big plans to come this year, makes it 10 years wow. that I've been doing this. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, Thank so so you. so that's she built she builds lives, but what if yeah. she builds waves? And waves, then and yes. then you also did she builds money. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's like holy mackerel! This woman is nonstop. <laughs> it's like it's yes, amazing. Yes. Again, remember life is seasonal, right? Yes. Life is seasonal. So, yes. so for me, yes, while I have. Um, while I lean into the the ideas that are dropped mm-hmm. <laughs> in my spirit and I can go, 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 mm-hmm. I have to always constantly remember what is priority, whatever season I'm, I am in. Mm-hmm. Um, she Builds Waves was was a necessity to me mm-hmm. when I um, first started it. So it is an organization slash initiative mm-hmm. um, that brings women together within the architecture, engineering, construction ah. world. And I think now beyond <laughs> right, yeah. um, um, to help foster conversations on how we can truly, truly find fulfillment in our career beyond the job function. Right. Uh-huh. And um, I think coming up in the industry, one of the things that I felt like um that that wasn't um, fully there was space for those of us who we we call ourselves allies of the industry, right? Because we were the allies are like the accountants, mm-hmm. legal folk, HR folk, right? We are not the the architects, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I felt yeah. like there were organizations that sort of catered towards um, the technical staff, but mm-hmm. like you know, how do we start having more more cross functional discussions? Mm. Um, that affect all of us who right. have now found, uh, who have who have decided to make careers within the industry, okay. and so we, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I could do a quarterly event because at that point in time that was my capacity, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. host conversations around, you know, what does success look like for us all? Like mm. if I've been in the industry twenty five years right. and I'm in accounting, right? It, it, would I look back on my career and consider this a successful career? Mm-hmm. You know, um, or or how do we start um, valuing um, things like relationships mm. or, you know, how do we move up? Um, how do we balance? How do you find work life work life balance and integration? Mm-hmm. All of that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was in 2019 before COVID. Wow, um, yeah. Fortunate to host all these conversations, fortunate to have partnered with mm-hmm. um, Pratt University here to, oh. to have a conversation for um, graduating bachelor's and master's students, mm-hmm. almost like what should you be looking out for in year one, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, going back and thinking about me as a graduating student, what is it I would have loved to have known about the workforce, mm-hmm. right? How can we give a leg up to those uh, students who are graduating? Right. And yeah. so at this moment right now, we provide a lot of resources through our social channels, mm-hmm. um, career tips um, that, that uh, help, um, that can help you navigate your career better. Got it. Um, we haven't gone back to in-person yet, mm-hmm. um, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe in the coming year, this year, you know, I might bring it back. But right now it's, it's purely like, you know, resources, providing okay. resources. Same thing with She Builds Money. She Builds Money for me was just me thinking during COVID mm-hmm. how finance leaders, um, you know, were no matter the size of your company, mm-hmm. um, how we were all just trying to navigate during COVID. And I was like, you know what, how can I provide some information for small firm owners 
to feel like they they can um, be on top and in charge of their finance the finances of their company. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I started creating like these keep it so simple kiss wow, <laughs> kiss wow. um, resource uh, you know either resource information or sheet that or checklist uh-huh. right that can help um, small business owners um, just really feel like they they could they could do right. They could handle. Uh-huh. They could handle their finances, and they, that they could really do it. Wow. Right. I wanted them to feel like it wasn't just a hobby, yeah. but they were yeah. actually a full business. And wow. so, again, maybe this goes back to my whole passion for education. Right. Uh-huh. It, it, uh-huh. It's very, all of these are all very educational. Yes. Right. Yes. You know better, so how can you educate others so that they can make better decisions? Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so that's. She builds waves. She builds money. I I don't have any more. She builds right now. <laughs> well, okay. Even though I have. <laughs> well, okay. But you also created an organization called Reach Nigeria. So, what is Reach Nigeria, and how is this different from the other organizations you started? Yes. Yeah. So, Reach Nigeria essentially connects people with causes and organizations. Oh, okay. Right. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a connector. Um, Got it. You know, and for me. Um, again, passionate about service. I was like, there has to be other folks, mm-hmm. whether in the States, whether back at home in Nigeria, who mm-hmm. want to either support a, a nonprofit or want to volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. But at the, as at the time when I uh, created Reach, there was nothing like that. There was no way for you to be able to find mm. <laughs> these opportunities. And so what I started doing then Mm-hmm. Again, when I had more time, mm-hmm. I, and we'll talk a bit more about how I how I handle all these things mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? But then it was, you know, ampl- amplifying the work that these local nonprofits across Nigeria were doing mm-hmm. um, and showing people that there was opportunity for them to either, you know, give back, whether it's by time mm-hmm. or resources right. uh, to these organizations. Right. Um, and so what we now do, again, is still still the same mission, but then we started interviewing like this, these founders of these nonprofits to understand, you know, oh, why did you start, you know, why did you start your nonprofit mm-hmm. and how can people learn more about you? And then we also have a volunteer series oh. where we interview volunteers. Wonderful. Right. To yeah. hear about the experience, because, again, when people can read about a volunteer's experience, then it encourages them to also say, OK, maybe I can yeah. I can actually go volunteer. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Amazing. So, so all these different things, uh, I would say, came up at various points in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at various capacities. Right. In mm-hmm. my life. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. Right. Maybe when I started, she builds lives i was still an employee with a bit more time on my hands Mm -hmm. and so in a leadership position for me um you know it's it's asking for help right Right. so or i outsource so i delegate i'm big on delegation okay right yeah um and so you delegate help i have um you know a couple of folks on the team that help me manage oh that's wonderful um, social channels right yeah yeah because i was gonna say how how are you able to do all of this and oh, when... you, delegate. <laughs> you have to do thank with goodness community. yes yes and i know that your community is big for you so i love that you can rely on your community you know in order to accomplish all of these initiatives um and it's really fascinating because it started from at the age of 21 and you've built on this for over, uh, over the years and so you have a child. So do you hope that she, um, so, I'm sorry, um, is, it, is your child a uh, son or daughter? So I have two kids. You have two. I have a I'm daughter. Yes, uh-huh. I have a daughter and a son. Okay. <laughs> so are you hoping that they will carry on with your work, you know, when the time comes? Because for I you, hope, it's, yeah. it's like it's all service oriented and it's amazing so i mean with all of these initiatives would you like them to think about going that route too oh i I want them to completely live their own lives Mm. to their fullest potentials Mm -hmm. right i want them to 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 really live out their god-ordained purpose (laughs) for being here Uh now whether that is whether that is you know 
seeing the work that I've done and saying they want to carry on, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Whether that is they go on their own path. Right. Amazing, right? right? Yeah. So for me, um, outside of my children, just anyone who, who sees my life, I think what I say is, you know, use it as a as 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 an igniter mm, use it as something mm-hmm. to inspire you to go create your own right, right? so you yeah. do not have to go and create multiple initiatives mm-hmm. but right. you can pick your one thing right that you want to do mm-hmm. and make sure you're doing your you're truly doing your best wow. at it I love right. That. Yeah. Um, or you can pick your 10 things <laughs> and make sure you figure out how it all works. Right. But, you know, for me, it is just using it as a source of inspiration mm-hmm. and, and using it as something to ignite you to action. Right. I love that. And I love your book. I mean, I read it cover to cover and I'm like, well, a lot of the principles you had in there really spoke to me. And it's funny because I'm like, it kind of came as if, it, it it seemed that it came at a time where I'm like trying to figure out where I want to go next with my, you know, with this podcast or with wherever else I want to go into. So thank you for, for your book. It was really like fascinating and, and I loved it. Um, so, uh, so, okay. So who would you credit for where you are now? Uh <laughs> Um, first and foremost, I will credit God. Mm, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, clearly, you can tell that I'm a, I'm a I'm spiritual, so mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from God. Secondly, you know, my mom mm. for being uh, an example. Mm-hmm. Third, my spouse mm. for being, you know, my biggest cheerleader uh-huh. in terms of you know, all these wild <laughs> and big dreams that I have, uh-huh. you, know, you kind of have to have a soundboard and I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to have one in him. Wow. Um, and then my community, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. community that has also a community of friends, mm-hmm. um, personally and professionally that have also pushed me um, and are constantly rooting for me to, to excel. Mm. Um, I would credit, credit them and then also myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would also credit myself for for leaning deeply. Yep. Um, into into these um, desires that have been put in me, and I say, you know, a lot of us can have great great ideas, but mm-hmm. we hardly execute. Yeah. And for sure. I'm um, extremely grateful for the ability and the fortitude to be able to execute, mm-hmm. regardless of outcome. Hmm. I love because that. it just means that I'm growing. Yeah. So going forward, is there something you haven't yet done that you would like to do? <laughs> I mean, you've created a lot already, but I'm sure there's something else that you have in your mind probably that you would still like to um, to start. Oh, to start. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything at this very moment I would okay. like to start, but I would love to continue on the... Um, amazing work Mm -hmm. that I'm doing one Mm -hmm. at Mancini two at She Builds Lives Mm -hmm. like I would love to see multiple learning centers across different um, communities Mm -hmm. and keep on providing opportunity and access to education for these for these children right Um, I would love to continue to be a a a sports mom. Uh-huh. I, love <laughs> I am living life through my kids. I love right? it. That's awesome. Uh, my daughter plays basketball. My son does too. They track. They're very <laughs> active. So for me, you know, doing things like that mm-hmm. bring me so much joy. You know, going on a bike ride with my children <laughs> bring me so much joy. So right. if I were to do anything new, uh-huh. um, I'll be very specific. It would be to participate in a family bike ride. Oh, cool. Bike ride, uh, would we say competition or challenge wow. or something like that? Um, because it's something I'm doing with my family. So right. that's what, what I what I like. <laughs> okay. So um, is there anything you would like to say to my listeners? Oh, of course. Um, I, I just want to say, don't be afraid to be bold. Mm. Um don't be afraid to take full control of your path. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no 
perfect time then now right. than this very moment to right. build boldly. So go at it. I love it. So how would, um, if anyone wanted to know more about you, your book, Build Boldly, um, or Mancini Duffy, how would they go about it? Sure. So um, to to connect more with me, of course, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, with my name, Bolanli Williams Oli. You can also go on my website, which is www.bolanlewo.com. Mm-hmm. So com And Mancini, of course, www.mancini.duffy.com to learn about our amazing work. Great. Okay. So if you had one thing to change that you wish had done years ago, what would it be? Or would there be something? One thing to change. Ooh. Um, let me see. Um, I, so I would say, you know, um, feeling the fear and doing it anyways much earlier than mm. than i did wow okay <laughs> if, that, if that's the one thing i would i would change, change. right it's, yeah yeah it's just yes you felt fear but it shouldn't stop you that's from great. going on i love it and my last question is if you could go back in time what advice would you give your younger self oh i think i just gave myself that advice huh? um, <laughs> so i think i would say it's going to be completely okay Mm, I Just, love it. You know, yeah, it's going to be completely okay. Keep keep at it. I love it. Well, Belanley, thank you so much um, for coming on the show and for your book. And and I can't, you know, thank you enough for writing the book because I think it came at a time when I really needed to read something like, like what you have written um, to inspire me and hopefully inspire others to, you know, build boldly and to be bold. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your stories with me and so much wishing you so much luck with your current initiatives and future initiatives. And please keep me posted because I love hearing about what you what you do. I would love to hear more about what you're doing. And, um, you know, if, if there's anything, you know, that that's out there, you know, please let me know that you're uh, that you're doing all of these initiatives because I'm quite interested. So, um, but yeah, uh, thank you for, for sharing your time with me and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. And of course I will take you up on that offer. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, have a good day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Bolanli Williams Ali on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman.